0: Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave.
1: And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye.
0: That's right, and to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this a drinking game. We fucked it (laughs) up. Any negative criticism about a film is absolutely allowed, but you will be called out for it, and you will have to take a drink every time.
2: So, pour yourself a glass, join us, give it up for the films we love, and perhaps the films that need some love. Mm. This week, Mm. what are we doing?
0: All right. Well, we our random year generator, since there are no new films, so last year our random year generator pulled the film year 2013. So we have chosen three films from the year 2013, and we'll give you a little context of what else happened in that year of film. But first, we're going to send it over to John for some shout outs. Shout outs. All
1: right. As always, we want to give it up to our beer sponsor. He is a real boy. I promise you. His name is Carlos (laughs) Barozzo. Follow him on Instagram at bar twenty nineteen. For some really awesome stuff, all of his microbrewing ingredients, the process—he's keeping us up to date. It's really fun. That's C B A R R O Z O B A R two zero one nine. And as always, the music you hear on this episode and every episode is provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D A S E I N. You can find all the music available for free downloads at SoundCloud.com forward slash Dasein dash Artist. Should
0: we Dasein. talk about next week?
2: Holy no! First, holy shit—we made it through the intro. The whole oh, intro. That was we fast. did.
1: We did. We that didn't was even the introdu- fastest we ever made it through the intro. I do <laughs> yeah. want to throw this out there. We talked about it last week. Sadly, coming up this week, we're going to be missing our good buddy Jeff. He's going to be He's gone. On special He's very, assignment. Very, very, very important business. What? Very important business. Oh yeah, we're, you're we're fired, Jeff. You off. Yeah. <laughs> Two special on occasions. The, I'm on one of
0: those Fox News vacations that happens the day of. Oh, I'm not going to be here starting tomorrow because I'm on <laughs> two <the>
1: very occasion. <laughs> special occasions, right? Don't you get a, a, a birthday, an anniversary, something? So a some big family event. So we gave him right. the night off next week. So they just a quick reminder we're going to be joined by the, uh, the DJ, the man, the radio personality, Jack Daniel, out of K104.7 in Charlotte. He's going to be joining us as a guest host. We're very excited. Uh, looking forward to mm-hmm. it. I can't wait to tell him the films he has to watch, especially the bad one, so that we can all get really drunk and talk about it and yeah, see what t- that t- feels t- like t- with t- t-
0: somebody new. <laughs> I think that's what he's most excited about.
1: He's going to have a giant cup of instant regret, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, and we should I make mean, it very clear to hurt. everybody. He shared about us on um, his radio program, which was awesome, and online. He did. So if you share about us online, it's possible that you will be the next replacement guest host. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and give us those shares, give us those likes, yeah. give us the follows.
1: And we are all down for bringing somebody else in. So please respond to us. Follow at the Love of Cinema Pod for Facebook and Instagram, and at the Love of Cinema on Twitter. Holler at us. We're gonna holler back at you. We're looking for people to have some fun with. We always want to have a guest host, so communicate, like us, love us. Let's do this fucking show, you guys.
0: Any, mm. any, anybody want to do a quick round of uh, what you've been watching? Any news? Anything like that, Dave?
2: Oh, I have a list. I uh, I caught Code you Eight. This, I caught Code Eight this week on uh, Netflix. It's um, the ML Brothers. Uh, yeah, how was that? It was. It was not bad. It was. It wasn't a bad film. Um, it's kind of like superpowers are have been made illegal. Um, oh. because yeah, they they kind of govern them. It's almost like uh, X Men Three before X-Men, it went yeah, yeah. to shit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: Um, oh, there's the buzzer. That's our first buzzer of the show, which means that Dave is drinking, and you should as well.
2: <laughs> it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a really good take on it. It's um, it was a is a fun watch. I watched Bloodshot as well, the Vin Diesel superhero film, which is yeah. back back in cinemas next week.
1: I was good. Yeah, they did a virtual uh, release,
2: didn't they? They did. Um, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. It's it loses a little bit in the middle. It's kind of like the Revenant meets Robocop.
3: Wow. Um, and yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, but it. Oh my it's,
2: god. What a I, I, I did. I well, the thing that really gave me heart was I looked up the director, and he's um, he's a visual effects artist who turned to directing, and I was like wow, if Mm. I ever decide to take the big chair, I hope I make a film that's like half as good as this was. Wow. Like it's not a great film, but as a first effort, it's a fucking good film.
0: Nice. Nice, dude.
2: Yeah, and I also also caught Safety Not Guaranteed, which is an indie on Netflix. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow. That's the one
1: from, yeah, what year is that from?
2: 2012.
1: Yeah, that movie's great, dude.
2: Yeah, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Karan Sonny. I believe is that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, who is Depender from Deadpool. Mm-hmm. As a very young intern was, yeah, it's it, that's a that's a fun film to watch.
1: Yeah, that was a real touching movie and a fun little spin at the end. Like mm. it becomes more than what you think it is at the end. That's yeah. a good movie. You should watch that, folks. Um, I've been pushing through with devs, that's been really fun. I also watched um my brother-in-law staying with me. He's an actor out of England, and he is writing a treatment and a pilot about a uh, a boxing story set here in the States, and he's, he's kind of got some momentum going with that, talking with his representation and everything. So we've been watching boxing movies, and this week we <laughs> watched uh, Gavin O'Connor's The Warrior, or mm. just Warrior, excuse me. Yep. We talked about Gavin O'Connor earlier in our podcast when we saw The Way Back. We were not as huge fans of that one, although I think I liked it a little more than you guys. But this movie, his that first is correct. Movie, Warrior <laughs> is Fucking awesome. I hope both of you guys have seen this. This is so good. Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy and, uh, damn it, who nah. plays the dad? Nick Nolte. God damn it. So fucking
0: good. Yeah, I that's, that sounds like a time i yeah. Man, it's
1: good. It really works. How about you, Jeff?
0: Um, I don't know if you guys really want to hear my answers this week. Um, if it's I reality TV, you... no, no,
1: you can just, we'll <laughs> wait, just I'm going to give a shout out to one because TV.
0: Dave might like one. Um, there's a show called love on the spectrum about, uh, young men and women who are on the spectrum trying to date um and a lot of them are australian oh, why would i love- i was gonna say why would like dave this?
1: specifically like australian <laughs> dave, dave I, i've
0: been practicing my australian accent they're all not on the spectrum the they're show. drunk oh they're my gosh but, hey look it, it's it's really tender i loved australian. it um we had a lot it was a busy week we had some guests Chloe love off the, the wagon. i rewatched twilight one um doesn't what? matter um i got to see some dance moms too um so yeah it was a really busy week for me Blow on the Spectrum on Netflix. Oh, and um I again, um, World's Most Extraordinary Homes. Really, really, really good stuff for everybody out there. Okay, cool. So <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some great movies in the next two weeks without watching. Because be I don't have to watch these three. Yeah. Okay, be great. Awesome. Let's talk about the film year 2013. Are you guys ready? Yeah. I'm so, I did, ready, dude. so I did a little bit you? of um I did a little bit of a deep dive here of the film year 2013 and I would say there are about fifty watchable films, which is fantastic. Good one a week here. Um, wow. As far as money at the box office, thirty-two films, thirty-two movies grossed a hundred million dollars in the American box office alone. Thirty-two one hundred million dollar movies. Wow. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go quickly through this. So if you're my brother listening a time and a half, yeah, get ready it, to have fun. Yeah.
2: Isn't it cute that hundred million is
0: like a that used to be a thing. Yeah, and none of them were The Lone Ranger. <laughs> uh-huh. None of those movies in yeah. The Lone Ranger, which tagged. Um, can you buzz The Lone Ranger, please? Mm. That, that oh, key. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, the highest grossing movie, Iron Man 3. Up there, Frozen. Hunger Games Catching Fire. Despicable B 2. Man of Steel. Monsters University. Gravity. Fast and the Furious 6. Oz. Great and Powerful. Star Trek Into Darkness. Thor. Dark World. World War Z. Hobbit. Desolation of Smaug. Other good movies in there. You got The Wait, Heat. Wait,
2: Thor Dark World broke 100
3: million?
0: 202 million domestic. Fucking uh, hell. I don't know what it is. To <laughs> okay. Uh, Identity Thief, Grown Ups 2, The Wolverine, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Now You See Me, Clyde, The Chance of Meatballs 2, Lee Butler's the... Lee Daniel's the butler, sorry. Lee Butler's, take, la, take Butler's right. the Daniel. Um, Hangover Part 3, Captain Fucking Phillips... Great, great fun. $104 million. Sylvie Linings Playbook, Pacific Rim. This is the end. Jackass, Bad Grandpa. All over $100 million. After that, you've got 42, Zero Dark 30, and then um, Insidious 2, Les Miz. Made a lot of money overseas, but not so much in America. Yada, yada, yada. America the America. Oscar taste in that season. Case. The Oscar season, you will probably remember, as as seems to be happening now, is is two films pretty much, which was Twelve Years of Slave versus Gravity. Gravity won seven Oscars, including Alfonso Cuarón's Best Director and virtually every special effects award or visual effect award, any effect award, any any um technical award was pretty much Gravity for that year, including the beginning of a fantastic run by emmanuel chivo Lubetsky, the first of three consecutive cinematography oscars dave you want to give um mm. chivo a little shout out here some
2: solid work there
0: oh yeah so gravity god. and then he would obviously do uh birdman and the revenant bang three years wow. in a row yeah boom, boom, boom. and you um, could not so get
2: three films more apart too in in style
0: oh my god after that's, that's that he was like, di- he's like he's taking a, a year di- off right that's a
2: fucking diverse <laughs> portfolio right there
3: yeah
0: that's awesome um So other films up for Best Picture, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, which got obviously Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto some Oscars. Uh, Nebraska, you have Mm. Philomena, you have uh, Blue Jasmine Mm. came out this year, August Osage County. A lot of really, really, really good stuff. But we are going to focus on two films. Sorry, three films because we're going to... Well, two two films that are in the conversation and then another film that the critics and audiences had forgotten. So the first film we're going to talk about is The Wolf of Wall Street. This is actually my suggestion to rewatch. Um, I did not intentionally suggest a three-hour movie for us to rewatch. <laughs> um, but like many Scorsese films post-2000, none of them ever hang with his older films. So I thought it would be worthwhile for us to, to take a, a look and see you know what what happens on a rewatch 7 years later uh then i think john was certainly a big fan of of rewatching her the spike jones mm-hmm. feature starring Joaquin Phoenix along with um great supporting casts such as Scarlett Johansson, like Amy Adams, in the Olivia Wilde, yeah. Chris Pratt so, i actually forgot totally was in this one. movie <clears throat> um yeah. and then we are going to finish it up usually We finish up our segment with our redemption movie, or was it really that bad? This week is sort of, it sort of stays true to that because Odd Thomas has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. But our co-host Dave here has actually read the books that that Odd Thomas is based on. And it stars the late, great Anton Yelkin who died at a very, very early age of 29 to a freak accident. Um, He has gone way too soon. You may know Anton Yelkin as uh, Dr. Chekhov in the reboot of the Star Trek series. This is a person that would have made dozens of fantastic films. It's just just Chekhov.
2: He He never finished his doctorate
0: i'll be great sorry (laughs) um so check off yes anton yalkin it also has uh, a great um supporting performance by willem defoe and it is available for free on hulu please stick around and give us a little a listen when we get to odd thomas because it's an interesting film that you may have never heard about that you might actually like and it's available for free on hulu so and and amazon Amazon prime as well oh it is for free on amazon my apologies great all it the more reason. But yeah. Give Anton Yalguin yes. some love because he's awesome. Um, great Wolf of Wall Street. First, as I said, I was happy to give it another rewatch. I think everybody, you know, listening probably knows what Wolf of Wall Street is about. Leonardo DiCaprio plays Jordan Belfort, who is um, broke at the beginning of the movie, and then very quickly in his twenties becomes one of the wealthiest stockbrokers on Wall Street. Uh, most of his Actions are not legal. This is basically in the 80s. This movie is very white. It is very 80s. It is very much stockbrokers, you know, kind of stealing and ripping off the industry to put money in their pockets. Um, you know, taking advantage of the top 1% um, and basically using the market as a, a game to, to make themselves millions of dollars. Jonah Hill nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Margot Robbie, Welcome to the World. Um, fantastic, fantastic supporting cast. But for me, the central question, which you don't have to get to right off the bat, but the biggest reason that I wanted to rewatch it is critics and some of my good friends that I take their opinion very seriously have said Wolf of Wall Street is masturbatory, which means it glorifies this lifestyle as an excuse for crazy camera work and wild characters and fun when really what it's doing is very terrible and destructive to society and all this kind of good stuff. Now, I actually think they're very self-aware. I've never noticed. See, I've seen Mean Streets, and taxi drivers go me. I feel great about that. I've seen The King of Comedy now. And and if there's anything I know about Martin Scorsese, it's just he loves Wall Street and he totally just wants flashy filmmaking with no moral backbone at all. I'm kidding, of course. So I was really interested. I was like, they can't be right. So does this movie cross the line into, is it too masturbatory? Do they get carried away? Or is there more going on here other than just the crazy lewds scene and, um, and, and riding around in Ferraris and the lobster scene? Like, is it just I mean, a couple of great vignettes? That is
2: a great question. No. It it does. I mean, yes, it does. Cross that's the, the line.
0: question. It that's abso- the question with this movie. It right? absolutely,
2: absolutely crosses the line, but it crosses the line because they did. Like that, this was the behavior. This was the behavior. And like, I watched, first watched this before I started taking like contracts in the finance sector. And I'm happy to report the trading floors have mellowed since, uh, (laughs) since this, but uh, oh my God, some of the stuff that happens in this movie, you like, at first you're rooting for him and then he just turns and you're like, it it starts going downhill and downhill and downhill. And like, there is nothing redeemable about the, about Leonardo's character at all. He's just yeah. from one. It's it's literally an angel falling into a demon, and like Scorsese, even like and Leo with the performance, like mimic that. Like he gets more guttural and more demonic during some of the scenes, like when he's talking to the crowd, and he's like he's got his chin jutted out and his back bottom teeth showing and stuff. He's he's turned into a fucking demon, yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's he's not meant to have limits because he doesn't see himself as having limits, and yes, that crossed the line but it crossed the line to tell the story of where that line got disintegrated by these people.
0: Do you do you notice the irony that there's a very famous part pretty early in the movie which is I forget if it's Fortune Mag is it Fortune Magazine where they the first one where they call him a wolf. They mm. they basically yeah. say um Jordan Belfort has created a toxic work environment where um if you are not jacked up and you're not cursing and you're not you know, basically hyper-masculine, to be completely blunt, right, early 80s, then Mm. you're going to fall behind and you're going to fall out of line and out of favor and you're probably not going to have a job. This is a a culture that favors brutality, and it's in Fortune magazine. And then the next day, hundreds of mostly white guys show up at the office because they want to work there. So the article was saying, this is bad, and society said, we want in. And I mean, here we are watching the, uh, this movie, and that's us, right? The, We're watching but, this movie going, is, oh, this is so interesting. This is crazy, right? Isn't the it, article isn't it is saying
2: this is bad, and he's making all this money.
0: Uh, yeah, and you can't so escape they, that.
2: So they fed them. Like, they fed them. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's bad, but let's face it. Like, the dollar is going to win because these guys worship
1: the dollar.
0: Yeah. Right. I think there yeah, are... So, yeah, go ahead, John.
1: Two things. One, to this point you're making. One. Scorsese. This is not the first time that he has been accused of making a masturbatory picture about very controversial subject matter.
0: Well, definitely, did a lot of people departed, feel that sure. way
1: about Casino and Goodfellas. Yeah, that it just leans in that direction, and he definitely did it with Goodfellas as well. I think one reason this one rubs people, some people, the wrong way is because it's so hilarious. Yeah, it's, so it's true. It's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that there's an inviting, there's an inv- inviting nature to it. Um, so. One, that's that's one point I was going to make. And then the second one is, I think Martin Scorsese is one of those people who loves movies so much that he is unafraid to go into certain subject matter. The only prerequisite is that you need to love learning about stuff through movies as much as he loves making movies. So I'm not discrediting the people mm. who sit on the sidelines of this movie and judge it and say it's masturbatory. I'm not going to say that it's... I don't like that word, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to discredit what they are trying to say by that. I think the difference between me and them is that I want to go on the ride because, like you are saying, Jeff, I have faith that he knows what he's doing. What is the substance in this movie? The substance is that he makes you care about vanity. He makes you care about the lack of substance, the materialism. It builds and builds and builds until you start getting hypnotized. Why am I laughing And why am I on board for this? Even though you know it's going to come crashing down. And then how does he end this motherfucker? He points the camera right at us, looks at that crowd, and shows. And then he says, look how fucking desperate you were for coming to this fucking movie in the first place.
0: You know what? I had a note about this. I think he should have done it more at the end. At the end, basically, if you remember the final scene... Yeah. Jordan Belfort, who is out of out of jail now, and I think he's in Australia. Dave, is that correct? He, New he's, Zealand. He's, he's in New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. Sorry, man. Yeah. I never want to confuse Get a big the, the big I'm sorry. Yeah, um, Auckland so, is
2: in New Zealand. Jeff, thank you, American education system. So he's there, and then,
0: and then he does the callback where they're like, "This man knows how to sell. He's the best seller in the world, right? This motherfucking criminal." Um, and then he walks up with the pen, call back to earlier scene, and he goes up to people one by one and he said, sell me this pen. And they're all bombing the sales pitch. And then the camera kind of goes from Leo's point of view and it, it's, it looks at the crowd. And again, primarily white, which is on purpose. Um, you know, it, it is showing kind of like that. We're well, saying white supremacist culture maybe is unfair, but maybe not. So take it for what you will. But they it, it are predominantly white people who want to um, take advantage of the system. And it kind of pans up, but it's a little too, like, kind of cute for me. I think he should have gone full taxi driver at the end and basically been like, look at these fucking idiot, ugly ass, asshole people. And I'm not saying that that should be the takeaway. You should leave this movie and saying, fuck these people. But at the same time, it was a little too pretty at the end for me. So even yeah. though that's what he was going for, John, I don't know if it landed you as well. You know what I think as, would have
2: redeemed it right at the end? It was if someone had turned around and said, no, you don't want this pen
1: see, I think that—see, but this is what Scorsese—this is why he doesn't cross the line into the maspiratory thing, is that Scorsese's too good of an artist to make propaganda. He wasn't trying yeah. to say, I mean, yeah, this that's, is wrong. that's the thing. He, right? didn't, he's, he he's, didn't give he's anyone what they the wanted. Question. No, no yeah, one gets right. what they want, especially the audience Especially members. women. Like women don't like this, this
0: movie as much as men. It's just the truth. I mean, it's it a very disgusting. reason. I mean,
1: yeah. Guys, there's there's definitely part of me who wished in the middle of watching this that I could have gotten one of those penicillin <laughs> shots they get after a crazy weekend. Because you feel <laughs> disgusting. You feel yeah, like you yeah. are contracting STDs just, just watching this fucking thing. And you feel like <laughs> you're getting more and more addicted to the idea of having money. But it... it and it's. We'll get to the, the big structural issue. I think a lot of people think this one's way too long. It's in his really long part of his canon. It does not suffer for it. Though. It is structured. I don't think so either. I think it has a good pace and it's and structured. I'm, nor- really well. I'm normally the one to talk about pacing, and it, this does Same. not suffer for it. So that this one, the best scene in this movie is on the yacht between him and Kyle Chandler. Oh and it's my god! Yeah. So perfectly, it's when it's just when you feel like you are you are suffocating. One from the stimulus that's happening on the screen, the actual spectacle, the humor, mm. the, the the insanity that you're watching, but also, too, you you become, at that point in the movie, you're becoming pretty aware that you feel wrong watching it. There is something mm. that I think you're supposed to be yeah. stirred up at that point, and then right in the middle of this film, he starts getting investigated by the FBI, and Kyle yeah. Chandler plays the agent, Kyle and they have a really, Chandler. really they, Yeah, that, that, really that may be some masterful scene. placement,
2: to be honest, because like at that I think point, it's, it's, at front, that point, you're halfway. like, at that point, you're like, holy shit, I can't take this guy and even, anymore. And even the and way you get wrote a, you it. You get just a hint of a downfall. And you're like, oh, yeah. hang on. He and might the get what's coming scene, to him.
1: Even the way that scene plays out, it's so, so nuanced. In the face of a film that is so intensely in your face, the turn yeah. in this movie, on this yacht scene, is so nuanced. And it doesn't happen until the very end. So that when he finally gets to the point where he calls him out and says, can you say that again exactly how you just said that? Like- You just start to make the turn just a hair and you start to immediately breathe a little bit deeper because you the thing you're kind of hoping will happen at, at the end of this is some kind of catharsis, that there's a little bit of hope. And I'm going to take it even further and say that Scorsese tells the line so well from there that if you at that point, if you think you were coming in to just watch the downfall of this terrible capitalist, he turns the screw even more on you because in a way he wins at the end of this movie. He doesn't yep. get every cent he's ever made, but he certainly did not lose everything. No. So no. I feel like that's like, also admit, his though, biggest like, after, lesson.
2: After the first half of or two thirds of the film, the downfall is definitely, you want to see the downfall. Like, you want to see him go Absolutely. down because yeah. at this point, they've been fucking disgusting.
3: Yeah,
1: for sure. And you guys, I can't help it. I'm just going to say it. I. I We have a president that I think represents this kind of lifestyle for a long time he did, and I couldn't help but start, you know, I was trying to think about how badly I wanted Jordan Belfort to to get his to lose. And it's just, you know, people like that, of course, you know, Trump's all over the everything, so you think about him, but it's people like that. And it really is, that's another question. I wonder if Scorsese was trying to ask that, what's that great line where he says, Jordan says, yeah, at least I get fucked. But when I get fucked, I go wearing a $3,000 suit and I drive up in a limo or something like that. Like when I go to court, I go in a $3,000 suit in a limousine. And Does this country, does our culture still reward people who were doing the worst things you can imagine did he actually challenge himself he said i've squeezed a guy's head in a vice before in a different movie i've done the blood and gore i'm gonna do everything else that you're not supposed to do and americans are gonna fucking love it because that is what we reward in this country Mm. and i think he pulled it off i think you just feel like shit when it's
0: over because you know it's
1: true
2: it definitely (laughs) rubs some things in your face that you do not want rubbed in your face
0: yeah and, and also, and, and yeah, and yeah, that's interesting way. Well, that comment has that comment has, a that, that, that. That
2: comment um, has
1: <laughs> levels.
0: Are you um, talking would, about
2: uh, <laughs> a heart?
1: <laughs> there is a, an erect penis. What is, <laughs> in this movie? No, that's fine. That's really uh, uh, fine. Yeah, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Don't we see it twice? Yeah, Don't we see it twice in this
0: movie. It's prosthetic, though. It's it's prosthetic.
2: prosthetic. Um, He's not whipping that. Oh, out. Yeah,
0: okay. I mean, and, and so the real so the real downfall happens when there's a a rescue mission that happens and they called in a plane. To, to, to get them and they're, they're traveling to hide his money abroad I think so and then the plane crashes and people die and Jordan doesn't even tell the other people on the boat oh my god that plane just crashed I was supposed to get us he's the only one that knows it but he knows that you know that I, feel, he, I feel like everything that everything has to change but. that
2: particular scene was almost like a Shakespearean soliloquy that was his experience alone because that the yeah, plane exactly. crash didn't actually happen in that vicinity. Like it didn't crash next to the boat, but that plane did crash. So that was his experience alone. It was their way of communicating. Yeah. It was almost a soliloquy. So no one else experienced their plane crash.
0: Yeah, that was that was cool. You're right, Dave. That's how cool. crazy. Um, but back it was to a gra- John's point, that of, was a great
2: to, twi- technique though that they yeah. used there for that.
1: That's but so interesting that you said that, it. Jeff. Real fast, don't, don't forget what you're going to say. Just because I want to point out that this whole movie is him telling us. He's narrating this whole thing right yeah. to camera the entire yeah. time. I'm just curious for you why Until you the felt he doesn't narrate the end. Why did you feel like that moment felt so intimate with just him? Do you think it's because he wasn't actually talking to us that time? He did. It, he narrated it. Mean, he did talk comments, to, us. But he didn't he tell to us. I mean, there's there's I I only counted like one he time. Where he actually eyeballed
2: the camera. But yeah, this he was looking out the window and yeah, it was yes. it, the, yeah, this yeah. plane explodes and he's like, Did you see that? Yeah, that actually happened.
1: And you're, Dave, you're totally God, thank yeah. you for pointing that out. He's not looking at us. He doesn't speak directly to camera in that moment. It's a voiceover. No, he only does only does it once. Yeah.
0: Correct. Oh, that's brilliant. Sorry, it's Jeff, that's really good. Well, I was going to say, back to your point about the bow with Kyle Chandler, which is also my favorite scene. I think most people want to see the the lewd scene with the lemons, the slow-release ones where he drives the Ferrari crashes. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll we'll get there there. in a second, too. Um, And I think a lot of people also want to see his speeches. Like, I visited L.A. Uh recently, and my friend Justin Wooten just kept saying, I'm not fucking leaving! I'm not fucking leaving! I'm not fucking leaving! (laughs) I'm not (laughs) fucking leaving! Also... This is, this is a side note. I, I have um, met Steve Madden a couple times because I'm an educator and somehow, long story short, I crossed paths with Steve Madden. So I had to listen to his How I Built This, which is an NPR podcast about um, CEOs and entrepreneurs. And they asked him about because Steve Madden did go to jail which they don't talk about in the film, but they asked, they said, look, people know who you are because of Wolf of Wall Street. So you're going to have to talk about this scene. And he goes, yeah, I was doing really well as a salesperson. And then my high school friend called me up and said he wanted to take me public. And I said, fuck yeah, let's do it. And the scene in the movie was surprisingly accurate was Steve Madden's (laughs) quote. He said he walked up there and he thought he was going to explain the products they were going to be selling. And then he realized, Steve Madden realized (laughs) in that interview, legitimately in the interview, in the room, they weren't selling a product. None of those people were selling a product. They were selling an idea. And that idea was how to make me self rich. So anyway, so long story short, back to what I was saying to you about a second ago, um, the Kyle Chandler scene is really interesting and it really is the turning point. And to everybody out there that does think it's masturbatory, just rethink this part because when Kyle Chandler leaves the boat and Leo starts throwing money and lobsters at him as he's walking away, and that's really Kyle Chandler's fun time coupons, movie, which is oh, the, <laughs> right? yeah, the fun, the fun, the fun coupons, just fun coupons, the hundred dollar bills. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to go like snort some, whatever off of whatever. um, The rest of the movie, he knows he's he knows he's breaking the law. He knows he's doing everything wrong. He knows he's a crook. He knows he's a criminal. He knows he's a phony. He knows he's a liar. Um, So the question is, because we're laughing at the funny things, does that mean that it's the movie's fault that we are now obsessed with this? Or is it just that we didn't notice the mirror that's pointing at us? I think I would love for everybody else to give it a rewatch and give it to us. Yeah, I would love to start. Uh Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was no, just no, going to get to some sp- funnier moments, but th- we can no, keep we're talking gonna get, that serious yeah, We're, like we're going to get but. there. Just, just, just
1: spinning, off the, spinning off that Kyle moment. It, it's so obvious. It's a classic technique. He just bookends it. The first conversation, the one we're talking about on the yacht, uh, Leo's character, Jordan, asks him, you know, like, do you ever get tired of wearing the same suit to work every day? And he's like, yeah, every time I'm on the subway. So of course they do a callback and they show you that scene yeah. at the end. But again, it's placed so well in the edit so that when Kyle is finally redeemed for all his hard work, he did the right thing. He He busted him. Got him in jail and he is sitting on the subway and it's just such a perfectly timed moment where squirrel says he just gently reminds you one more time because it's not clear how they film it. Is Kyle proud of this or does he still kind of hate the fact that he's as poor as all these desperate fucks on this subway with him? There's just enough ambiguity on there so that yeah. you can't quite, he's not telling you which human you were supposed to be. He's saying that both of these people exist and our culture just thrives on the fact that everyone that, that we have these people that we raise way up. Anyway, you're totally right. Jeff Dave, unless you had something else to talk about, I think we should I say that we love one, this movie yeah. and let's start praising the fuck have, out of it. I cause... have
2: one uh <laughs> one quick shout-out for uh Kristen Miliotti again. Um who, yeah, we saw, who I mentioned. Okay, <laughs> so <good>. like <laughs> she's in the movie for what 15 minutes and manages to destroy you in one scene. I mean, they do they That's do a good
0: job same, with her dude. too, because I I forgot they were married at the pool party where he meets Margot Robbie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they look outside and Chris Miliati is like snooping so a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. But it was funny because when that happened, I was like, oh my God, he's, I'm like, r- obviously I'm rooting for Leo and, and Margot Robbie because I know what's what's coming, but- I mean, one of my favorite lines in the movie is is the first time they go on a date, and again, he's married, and we were just reminded that he's married. And she basically, he goes like, "How do I get up into her apartment?" As he's dropping her off, and she goes, "Hey, you want to come up for some tea and something?" Which is really oh, fucking funny because yeah. who invites anybody up for yeah. tea? No, nobody. And nobody goes, meant to. He goes, he goes, he basically goes like, "Tea?" And she's like, "Yes, yeah, the tea." He's like, "Okay," and in his head, he's like, "Yeah, I want to come up for some fucking tea." Fucking like, tea yeah, of course yeah, I want to come for some fucking, fucking tea. tea. Like, who would want to go for some tea? Anyway, tea. Like the, like the, yeah, Buckish,
2: so, the, yeah, the fun stuff that like the fun stuff. That I found the the one percent of domestic that they have, uh, him and Margot Robbie, when they're arguing over all this stuff, that, like, they're supposed to be happy. They're living in a fucking mansion and they're still arguing over the stupidest pissiest things.
0: Yeah, he took a helicopter home from work. Yeah, like, come on. And, yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, wait, wait. Before right, we get to the silly stuff, let's do question. It. Wait, wait. Question though. I, and this is this is a big one because a lot of people thought that Leo was going to sneak up and win this Oscar, and Matthew McConaughey decided it was his year or whatever. People, <laughs> he lost fifty pounds and he played like a, 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 an AIDS person who came around. I and mean, he also and nailed this scene and, at
2: the beginning of this film because McConaughey's in it too. Yeah,
0: and he had not gained that weight back yet when yeah, he filmed no. this Wolf of Wall Street scene. But anyway, Matthew McConaughey was awesome. I don't mean to put him down, but. This is up there for the Leonardo DiCaprio performances, right? We don't need to like rank them, but I mean, it has it has his charisma, it has his range. He, to me, and John, maybe you can agree with me on this or not, he's one of our best impediment actors on the planet, meaning not just dialects, but also um um physical impediments. If you look at the departed scene where that you get the cast smashed, right? If you look at Blood Diamond when he gets shot, like this is and, and so now how he's doing drugs and all this stuff, like Oh no. Yeah. So this is, this is up there for the Leonardo DiCaprio list. Like this is one of his best performances. Great. Leo, this Fucking is for shit. you, dude. What the gush alarm is the the going up. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. All right. I'll go <laughs> no, into that. But.
1: You're totally right, dude. I mean, let's just, let's lean into it right now. As Scorsese always gets amazing performances out of people. This is, Leo has collaborated with him five times. This was the fourth or fifth.
0: Wait, I think it's been more than five by now, but... Do you want to do I, The, right you. the okay. Aviator. Yeah. Uh,
1: this Departed and the... Shutter, Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Mm. And, right? Is that it? Anyway, so this is... A, this is Leo DiCaprio in every single frame of this fucking picture. And this is a yeah. long movie. And he puts this thing on his back. And he does not stop. He doesn't just not stop and he does his job really well. This is... He's at an 11... Mm. The this, is, entire yeah. fucking this, is, film. this
2: is a performance that makes you hate the man then feel sorry for the man then love the man then hate the man then love the man again then feel sorry for the like and he's just, just turning a, you on a dime in
1: ev- every just scene as an actor just as an actor the storytelling you know i'm sure you know i'm sure martin scorsese it's great to have him as your director you know and all these wonderful actors that are around him you know he's doing great stuff I'm sure they're helping a lot, but there are so many scenes where it's not about Jordan and he is so humbly just, just there. Mm. He's so present. He's such a good part scene partner to whoever it, it, the scene is about. He's there for the improv. If it's about the improv, he's there to just yeah. listen. Some of my favorite scenes are when he's just sitting there watching uh, the, like Kyle the, to the, talk the, to him. Yeah, or he's the, mad, watching. the Mad Max
2: scene where he just throws his two cents worth in every now and then, but just lets Jonah Hill go for it.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, like, just let Jonah go crazy. That is the, the, that is <laughs> the mark of a
2: consummate performer when they can step back and let someone else have it.
1: That's it. You know when he finally gets his all his drug dealer friends together when he's about to start it, and they're at, they're eating and no one will listen to him, and that guy keeps <laughs> yeah. just talking about nonsense. And he, you can see him just getting so frustrated. He doesn't like pull out and scream and dominate the scene. He he calls him out, but he it, he's just so present. He's such a part of the group mm. that it's it's way more. I think a I think a lesser actor would have only done the, this entire movie the way he does his giant speeches, which, you know, he brings yeah, it when yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to bring yeah. it. But I think a lesser actor would have tried to just bulldoze everybody because I'm Jordan Belford mm-hmm. and I've got money and a dick. And I felt I've, for something that is this bombastic, he, he made I thought a person. he found every nuance he possibly yeah. could. It and, is and layered. When he, this was
2: and when he ab- absolutely a three-dimensional performance
0: yeah yeah but and and when he got roiled up he didn't turn into like a professional wrestler as some actors do you know what i mean all of a sudden it's like they've you know they can bench 500 pounds like when they get angry like he was still very clearly this oh, you he know was there, this yeah. slummy yeah. wall street he was listening. guy when it when
2: he was no, flawed he, was... he played it flawed when he was on top he played it on top when he like yeah. when he wanted to be charming he played it charming like he was everything
0: yeah, this is a great I, deal This is a phenomenal performance. And his the fights, fact that he got for an Oscar Marga for this Robbie. really fucking pisses me off. Yeah, His argument... His fights it, with um, yeah. Robbie. It's, yeah. um, you know, fantastic. Uh, especially all, when the, especially when too. the kids are around. It's when the kids are around and they're having arguments. Well, Daddy over here... And they're, like, arguing in mm-hmm. weird voices. Um, His arguments with Rob Reiner, who plays his father, really fucking fun. Uh, uh, hilarious. Um, and also
1: the touching stuff with Rob Reiner at the end when his dad's like, you give up, son. You walk away. Yeah. When they're at that watching the horse and you can just see he's nothing has changed in terms of like relationship and stuff. He's not like playing the sad scene at the end. It's still the same humans. It's just so, so fucking grounded. It's almost another reason why I think sometimes there's a, there's almost like a voyeuristic quality to watching something like this, that that masturbatory part of it. Like it's so well done. The part of you feels a little nasty for taking part in it because it's not the movie version. It's, it's, painfully realistic yeah. even with all that crazy music and all the all the guys beating the shit out of each other and fucking each other right on the trading floor it's it's too real in some aspects uh jonah hill everyone knows the story about how he took a massive price cut i think he made 70 like 70 they, grand they,
0: they made him take the minimum
1: <laughs> made him take the minimum
0: and he said fuck you. Yeah, Leo let's got do thirty. <laughs> Leo got 30 million 30. he was a producer <laughs> on it so i mean come um, on yeah come
1: on he gave it it. um all of his friends are really great. The guy who plays the Punisher, what's that guy's name? John Bernthal. John Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, He's great. In all the scenes between him and Jonah Hill are those when they're fucking. Oh mad at each God, other fucking yes. Hilarious,
0: dude. Oh, the Jackal. It's, it's, dude, it's, it's really hilarious
2: cool. and horrifying at the same time. You're like, oh my God, yeah. make it
0: stop. But they How's play it so well. Well, yeah. she, my, well, she's alive, so my life's hell. It's terrible, but,
1: but it's, like
0: it's it's true. There, yeah, it's there's not a bad
2: performance in this. To be honest no 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 no, no. there's only amazing like, it, is, performances it is worth in every three
1: hours like all three hours of it so yeah let's talk about really fast unless you guys are totally done i want to we kind of touched on it earlier but the length of this film his long movies in general bother some people again i, I might go back to the thing you kind of have to love movies to love martin scorsese's movies nowadays because you really want to sit down and watch a long movie and he's going to go all the way with character and everything but I still say that this one, maybe it's because there's so much humor in it, and it's got such a momentum in a in a real high octane. There's, I did not get bored. No, I was entertained the whole no, time. Yeah, yeah, you could you could make the argument that maybe that scene didn't move the story forward enormously uh, with how long compared to how long the scene was. But fuck you if you're not entertained. Like, but give you a it's, break!
2: <laughs> it's almost like, like even the editing was down to perfection. It's like just when you're starting to feel, is this guy going to get busted or what? Things start to go sideways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And those speeches. I mean, it's, okay. like, it's like, and that brings us to, yeah, that brings for me, that brings me to the lewd scene. There is only one the piece lemons. of information that is delivered in that entire sequence. It's that the FBI has tapped his phone. That's it. Yeah. That's all the audience needs to know. And before we move forward. We, we need to learn that, and then, we, and then Jordan needs to realize that Jonah Hill's character dropped the ball on uh, John, what's-his-name's character, and, and got him arrested. So that's two pieces of information oh, yeah. that could have been delivered in a much quicker way, but yeah. I, I don't want it any other way. <laughs> and it that wasn't. entire sequence oh is incredible, dude. Yeah, that is a great so scene, that, funny. and it's infamous. So, is that masturbatory? Is that masturbatory filmmaking? Do we just want to see acting like people on drugs? I, I kind of don't flight, give a the, shit. It's I feel so like flight, the, Leo, the
0: Leo has to go on a flight and he has to get tied down because he's yeah. on so many drugs. It only gets masturbatory
2: <laughs> if you're sitting there going, "Okay, I've got the point. Move on." And that didn't happen for me.
0: He's too good, good to at
1: making movies. They're too good at acting. Again, I respect I mean, you if you think like this crosses the line, but I don't.
2: Oh, it think definitely you've crosses the line, but like they started it.
0: If you see, yeah. If you see the film and say like, "Well, I already know what's going to happen," you know, crook gets caught and 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 then he has to run from the feds because it's it's his own fault. If that's all you take away from this movie, then fine. But there is a lot of nuance in there. There's a lot of detail, and really, honestly, the supporting cast is so good that focus on everybody around him. You know, look at every single person that's following him. Everybody else in this movie who's not Leo, like, should they bear some blame here? Like, every single wife, best friend, like, should everybody? no should anybody be completely off the hook that, i think that's a different way of looking at the movie that might be interesting um yeah that's that when they come out in and arrest people the the and everybody's yeah everybody's up it kind um, of like the, how do you real... feel
1: at that point it's in slow motion are you excited they're getting arrested like he gives you these moments to kind of sit sit back for a second and ask yourself whose side am i on like
0: right is everyone accountable um, am i accountable mm the the real jordan belford is the auckland host at the end of the movie who introduces jordan belford oh yeah yeah yeah
1: i <laughs> forgot about that
0: That's good. um this that is written by terence winner who famously like co-executive produced the sopranos and then eventually vinyl um, and a lot of other amazing things scorsese's worked with him a couple times fantastic you, writer you know
2: i think we've sold it as much as we possibly can
1: yeah <laughs> What was y'all's, What is y'all's funniest, like your favorite? Let's just stop with that. I just want to hear your favorite funniest moment that you just fucking piss yourself when you think about it or if, every time you rewatch it, you're like, God, it's still funny. Is there one scene or one moment or anything that just gets you?
2: Um, no, I was, there's several actually where they, like, the narration says one thing and the cutaway says another. Like, it's like, I made it home safely, and then they show what happened to the car.
0: Oh yeah, the, car's <laughs> reveal like, of
1: the
2: yeah, car is good. Yeah, and so, and the reveal <laughs> the re- reveal of the car happens five minutes later, and it's still
1: fucking funny. Ah, <laughs> oh, that whole thing when they wake him up is the way he plays when they waking yeah. him up is great. Jeff, how about you? Is um, it, do you any out? The, the
0: lemon the lemon scene stands up for me. The Kyle scene on the the boat stands up for me. But it's always sound bites that stand up for me for some reason. So definitely, I'm not fucking leaving. But for some reason, I don't know why, because I've never done this and I never will. But sometimes Jonah Hill just going smoke crack with me. Come on, smoke crack with me. Why don't you (laughs) smoke crack with me? Just shut. Be a man and fucking smoke crack with me. It's like such such a a weird thing. Such a good little scene. It's such a weird scene, or even just the thing that's in the trailer. So it's almost overdone where um, Jordan goes like, you show me a check for $72,000. I quit my job right now. I work for you. And to that, where they show Leonardo DiCaprio doing the sales pinch for one of the the penny stocks. And they're like, they're building military style satellites. And there's a cut. That scene (laughs) is one of my
2: favorites.
0: (laughs) And it's like a shack in somebody's backyard that has like a handwritten sign above it. And this is the like military defense contract that Leo's selling for fucking penny stocks. Yeah. All right. I, anyway, that's it. I, that's I like that's yeah, sorry, John, John you finished. My John. favorite
1: my my brother and I I'll talk about this moment all the time. It's just another it's it's the quality of the production. When they're like, No way, we are going to fucking Catalina, we're going tonight. Just a little chop. It's just gonna be a little chop. And then it comes to the storm <laughs> and they're in this gigantic storm. And that just the cut yeah. is hilarious on its own. But when Jordan comes in and he's just screaming, What the fuck is going on? You just, oh also, the, God, the lead you up to that is the captain
2: me. trying to be calm when he knows this is going to go fucking pear shaped.
1: Mm-hmm. so <laughs> somebody screaming, "Hold on, God!" It's just God. Yeah, the commitment—it's too funny. All
0: right, we got to wrap this, this up All and right. move we on. We should, we should wrap up. That All right, we're gonna time. come back. We are gonna talk about the Academy Award winner for Best Original Screenplay, written by Spike Jones, who is also the director. Her. See you in a second, film fans.
2: Did you hit something when you yelled that? I'm not fucking leaving!
3: I'm not fucking leaving!
0: We should also mention, John and I forgot to mention that both John and I had the fun pleasure of watching this with our family as full grown men. Um, i saw this on christmas day which was when this movie came out christmas day 2013 and my brother sat next to my mom and this movie opens with like yeah that's me like getting blown in my fucking ferrari with like coke on it and i was just like literally my brother was like god damn it like we have three <laughs> he hours does
1: a there. line he does a line out of a stripper's asshole I, <laughs> like,
0: there, there were a like lot of buttholes he yeah. and leo got some buttholes stuff going on <laughs> anyway just Oh. Um, sorry we're doing so good keeping this you know, sorry, PG-13 Mom. we should mention there's a parental advisory here um, yeah, no.
2: Jeff's not on the next week's episode she's actually grounded because of this episode
0: that's right yeah.
1: <laughs> he is literally
0: at home so <laughs> I'm he is at his childhood home I have to stay in this room because of my antics on the podcast um, guys we're back Jeffrey? we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the film Her H-E-R Her really annoying title if you want to google stuff her movie, movie her. It's like also uh, don't, anyway. do
2: not hit the microphone and try and search it for it on your Apple TV because it goes. Sorry, I can't do that.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will
1: not if look. It will not look for movie, her. It will look for her
0: movie if you do. You yeah, got to do her movie. The- All right, we're okay. We're yada yada yada. We know this film. Joaquin Phoenix. He starts dating his um, operating system, which is really his phone, but his whole operating system. Came out in 2013, kind of ahead of its time, I guess, with that premise. It's sort of futuristic. It's sort of like Blade Runner meets um, some of 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Except he starts oh, dating no. Al. Jesus. Um, no, it's yeah. it's 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 Blade Runner 2049 meets um, no. something. Something. <laughs> no, I, no, no, this not this
2: is not like nothing you've ever seen before.
0: Yes, no, it is. It's a futuristic is... LA. So there's your Blade Runner reference. And um, anyway, mm-hmm. he dates his computer. Um, starring Joaquin Phoenix. He is a lonely Dude, writer. Isn't this
2: set in 2017?
0: I mean, come on. For, okay, okay, good. You know what? Fuck you. We're going to do this right off the bat. I, wa- I was going to wait till later. I want to talk about the economy and her set wait, 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 here, wait. Right? set it up. Set it,
1: set it, set it up really quickly. You were, he's a writer. Finish setting it up and then go off. He's a writer
0: mm. who writes personalized greeting cards on behalf of other people who don't write their own goddamn greeting cards. So like, I love you, honey. You're the best. This is a poem from Jeff, but I didn't actually write it. And the person who receives it even knows that it came through a surrogate. So um, it's actually pretty clever from Spike Jones because this is a person who is going through a divorce. To Ro- he- he's divorcing Rooney Mara. Also ironic is Joaquin Phoenix met Rooney Mara, who he ended up marrying on the set of this. F- well, he married. He met her on the film and he ended up marrying her after, before his Oscar winning turn in Joker. Anyway, so the character <laughs> that Joaquin Phoenix plays, Theodore... <laughs> Um, dresses like uh, a 70-year-old man in the 70s and writes personalized greeting cards, going through a divorce, and then he starts trying to meet women, and he downloads a new operating system, which I believe is the OS1. Like, yes. The, like, like the, the, it's an AI. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's an AI. It's an AI. It's voiced by Scarlett Johansson after they fire the original girl, whose original name was Samantha, and um, he, he falls in love with his operating system because the operating system is designed to be his... It's, it's like if siri loved you that's what this movie is um that's the setup can, can we talk about the movie or what
1: <laughs> yeah go off i want to hear you're it's cl- what you, what? well
0: it's it's so clever because the first time i saw this movie i wanted to walk out because i was bored but in hindsight I don't disagree with that opinion. But but watching it this time, I have a greater respect for it. Was that a buzz, David? Hear it? Yeah, that was a buzz. Fuck you. Yeah,
3: Jake, keep but,
0: going. but no, I do have a, I do have a, a much grown appreciation for this movie, especially on the rewatch this time. And there were a lot of fantastic scenes. It definitely should have won the Oscar for, for Best Original Screenplay, which it did for Spike Jones, who, by the way, got famous for doing Jackass. So, you know, well, but, but he's awesome. He was once married to Sofia Coppola, who apparently... was based a lot of their breakup, their divorce, um, when she wrote Lost in Translation, which won her an Oscar. and You have said
2: zero about this movie so far.
0: Okay, hold on. (laughs) So anyway, I find it ironic. Well, I want to talk about the economy of LA in whatever year this movie's placed, because this guy lives in an apartment that is at least $4,000 a month by New York standards. The ceilings are 20 feet high. It's a true one bedroom. It's got like 800 square feet, modern amenities. It's got um, full service. It's got elevator, doorman. It is a beautiful building. And this person writes greeting cards. So I don't know what economy they're living in, but it is not one that we live in right now. So that's fantastic. <laughs> but the irony of this guy who's dating an operating system and then gets upset that she's dating other people when this guy's job is to be a surrogate for other people. His literal job is to help people connect. And now here he is struggling to connect with humanity. So therefore he starts to... Date his operating system i actually appreciated that significantly in the second go around and even though generally speaking different from wolf of wall street movies that are paced forget about the pace movies that have the same tone throughout the tone for two hours is pretty much the Mm. same movies like that i tend to get bored of and i tend to start wondering why action doesn't force the tone to evolve with the film I question and I questioned it less this time. I appreciated it more and it becomes more of a cautionary tale to me this time than the first time, which was more of a love story, more of just like a 21st a mm. and a half century love story. That's my speech. All right, I'll move on. Who wants to go next? Dave, what do you think, dude? This was your second uh, time seeing it? Fun,
2: uh, yeah, it was the uh, second time seeing it. Um, fun fact I don't know whether you uh, came across this, but Spike Jones has an uncredited cameo in Wolf of Wall Street. If you look, <laughs> up, right. if you look at his IMDb page, he's uncredited for a, a, a cameo in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. I got to find you it. Couldn't, you couldn't write yeah. it. His voice work is really fucking funny in her, too, by the way. But anyway, go on. I, uh,
2: I, I do love that the, like, I read on IMDb, the cinematographer, like, went to this, the, the extent of altering all the windows on the 38th floor of this building so that they can get the proper amount of light in, and then that still wasn't enough, so he went to the helicopter pad of the building next door and put fucking mirrors on it to redirect the sunlight.
0: That's I'm like, so cool. you've got to
2: respect that level of taking control of your lighting.
0: Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. I think part of my Blade Runner 2049 thing was also in the way that it looks, which is very, very high class. The, the scale, and that's a compliment because Deacons did... Blade Runner 24, and I believe Deacons is the hero of this podcast so far. I mean, you guys, this is... Uh, yes. This is yes, he it is. It looks this stunning. Is, it looks beautiful.
1: This is Hoite Hoyte van Hoite, my right? He's Chris Nolan's mm-hmm. guy. Oh, yeah. He did Ad Astra. He's done Tenet. Tenet's coming out. I don't know if we talked about it yet, but Tenant's coming Have out. you talked about Tenet oh. coming out? <laughs> uh, actually, Tenet. I Tenet, a movie called think, Tenet that's coming out.
2: Tenet <laughs> has actually held its release date for two weeks, so we need a fanfare <laughs> yeah. for Tenet.
1: Hooray tenant. Um. All right, so that's Hoyta van Hoitema. So yeah, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. And how exciting is it to see someone stretch their legs away from that kind of style that they become known for. So like you see his crisp, tight, really free yet still extremely spectacular cinematography in the Nolan movies. And then you have something like this that opens. On the softest, most delicate close-up I think I may have ever seen. The move, the first shot of the whole fucking movie. It tells you everything you need to know about how it's going to look and feel, like visually and aesthetically. Um, I could say the same thing for the music, those chords, Arcade Fire to yeah, the, score arcade of this, the chords fire. at the beginning of this. Yeah. Jeff, were, I know what there you mean. Definitely and some I, wonderful respect things that. in this. Oh yeah, I respect what you're saying about the <clears throat> how the tone doesn't change much. It doesn't bother me, though, and I feel like whenever I, yeah, a movie totally. can can help you zero in on whatever the the essential nature is of that tone, whatever that bullseye is, the quicker they can get you there, or if they want to toll the line and then help you deliver you there, that can be powerful as well. This one hits it right off the bat. You know what this movie is going to look and feel like when you hear those chords before you ever actually see anything. And it just doesn't let you down. What is surprising to me is that, and I hope we can just talk about this a lot, because I feel like the magic of her is that it is technically a sci-fi movie. It is a sci-fi movie that touches on every hard sci-fi question other sci-fi movies touch on. But instead of hate and existentialism and power and theology, they do it with love. And it is like, that's why this is more than a love story to me is because he uses love as a vehicle to to, dis, to, to ex, discuss the human experience. I, I don't think by the end of this movie, you are only feeling one way or the other about Joaquin and whether or not he should get on the horse again and maybe try to date Amy Adams' character, or maybe he's made peace with it. It does, it tackles the full spectrum of ambiguity on everything that happens to human beings, because we are bound to relationships. And I think it comes down to that one moment where he freaks out when she won't answer the phone or she won't the phone when he's, when he puts, puts her in his ear and she's not there and he's freaking out and he sits down the steps and he has that scene. And she admits to him that she's talking to other people and he's looking at people walking past him on the stairs and no one is talking to each other. They have created all this amazing love and relationships with this new artificial OS system, and it has completely stopped human relationships.
2: Yeah. Incidentally, for anyone (laughs) who's ever done the dating scene in New York, you'll recognize the conversation where she says she's dating 640 other people.
3: Yeah.
2: That's funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Been there. Yeah. There is a quote that I just want to throw out out there. (laughs) So they talk about this. This movie is very meta too. I also think it, it it's so well-written that kind of like, uh, God damn you guys, what were we talking about? Kiss the spider one where I just could not shut the fuck up about how meta it was, how, how weird it was. Talk about. Every fucking movie, but that one especially. So they introduced the quote, memory is a story we tell ourselves pretty early, right? When she first has that, that little epiphany about how, when, you know, I was thinking about when you got a, you said something that upset me and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And, and then I realized I was just telling myself that I was upset that I was telling myself I was inferior. And I realized that memory is a story we tell ourselves. I want to go back to last week, Jeff, because I was thinking, I could not stop thinking about this when I was watching it this week, when you made that, that, that side comment, I was more interested. Last week, you said this, I was more interested in the flashbacks with Rooney Mara. I was more interested in that movie than this
3: movie.
1: So while I was watching this one, I kept thinking, cause I love those two and you're obviously you're supposed to, they're perfect. They're not real. They are these false projected snapshots of perfection because he told a story to himself about, it was his reason why he could stop living is because he lived something that was so good or that he thought was so good, he'll never have anything else. That quote in the beginning about how I'm feeling things.
0: Oh, Oh, we are witnessing our second gush wording of the show. But John, please finish your
1: thought. (laughs) Let me finish (laughs) that, let me finish that. Or that that line at the beginning where he's like, sometimes I feel like I felt everything I'll ever feel ever worth feeling, and I'm just going to try to compare everything to what I've already felt. I don't know. I think Spike Jones knew how to use this medium and writing to consistently comment on itself as you are capturing this moment right now. You are experiencing this moment right now. And yet you will look back on it as something higher than what it was because most of us are too fucking chicken shit to actually embrace what's happening to us and to live in our current relationships. And I, I'm not just talking about love. I'm talking about your relationship with yourself, everything. And I feel like this movie sneaks sci-fi messaging into it so well with romance that I just every time I watch it, I'm just in awe. No, Spike, Dave, is, did, you, did you feel that way about the sci-fi Spike's stuff? I'm a big sci-fi fan, too.
2: Not not really. I mean the sci-fi stuff <laughs> served the story. Um yeah. and I, I must admit the the scene like the thing that brings it back to reality is the scene they have at the table with his ex-wife. And it it Ooh. makes both of them face the reality of what the situation is. And that that is where things kind of again in in response to the like to Wolf of Wall Street, that's where things start to go a little bit wrong for him. Um but I do I do actually really follow I, I do subscribe to what you said about they do it with love. Um mm like everything in this film is done with love, even the end where all the AIs have kind of ascended and the separation at the end of him with with her is done with love. It's like, if you ever get to where I'm going, follow me. You'll find me. Yeah, that was beautiful. And, and yeah, and it's it's that sort of thing. It's like, because sometimes, yes, you do, sometimes people are at different stages in their life. They're at different points in their life with doing things. And that that does really... Really, like hammer that home.
1: I think it's yeah. Funny too. I mean, the, so you uh, can tell. The, Sorry, go- you're good. I also think the this is also a meditation on loss, and I think he proves to you by the end that like it literally, they leave everyone, they ascend or whatever the fuck, achieve the singularity, and they've left these humans alone and suddenly all these broken people who were convinced for whatever reason I'm more comfortable dating an AI system because i've had bad experiences with people or i've never had the i've never had it work out or had the courage to try it with a real person they suddenly realize because of the loss that they are more grateful I mean, for that's, their current relationships that's a human or thing it's a human thing as
2: well like when your relationships crumble you check out from reality a little bit and you know yeah, it's yes. like you know the the 38, 40-year-old man who suddenly starts dating an 18-year-old because his marriage failed. It's, it's that. So how do it's you, like the AI so is you, the 18-year-old.
1: So how do you accept it? How do you, we, you hear these big platitudes about loss and everything. This movie shows you that just like everything else as a human, you love your loss. It's only about the end when he looks at Amy and they're on the roof that they both kind of realize it's because of our loss that we're here. Mm. We're only better people and having gone through all that stuff and realizing and how grateful we are because we have finally learned to love yeah. that line when and she says a- i've never mm-hmm. loved he says i've never loved anyone the way i loved you and she says now we know how before she leaves like hmm. <laughs> unbelievable and I, mean, I mean
2: i that i mean they're all great messages if only it didn't take so fucking long to get there was it sap yeah did it sappy did it get sappy for you not so much sappy it was like Certain scenes just started to, like, you're driving points home that we've already got, move on. Uh, it's the opposite of Wolf of Wall Street, where the pacing was, like, on, 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 on. For me, yeah. on a second on a second watch, I had the opposite effect of Jeff. I just started to get bored. I started to check out. The, the beginning mm-hmm. is long, and then it gets to the point where you're like, okay, I'm interested in this again, and things yeah. are moving, and things are developing, and you're seeing character development, stuff like that. And then the ending, again, just slows to a crawl. I,
0: I, no, I agree, Dave. I agree, I agree. Um, I, I think, for me, this time, the first hour and 15 minutes out of the two hours, I was more eager and excited because I do... I was it really... And it's not just Joaquin, who I thought was incredible. It is Spike Jones. Spike Jones is the hero of this movie by far. Um, to your point before about the ascension at the end, there's two things about that that I took away. Number one is the irony that that they've been they she admits samantha which is Scarlett johansson's character when she first is introduced she said i'm an os but i'm designed to learn from you mm. so i'm here that's her function and then also, at the should, end I when all the, out, sorry go, to anyone right.
2: to anyone listening um the in this world that they've set up and the rules that they've set up it is perfectly acceptable to be dating an os they established that well, so not perfectly is, acceptable, but it, it is to some people like acceptable. not okay. Telling your ex wife you're dating a your computer is the mother of all bad fucking life choices. So let's face it, oh. that's not not going to go well no matter what. Yes. But like, yeah, to everyone else, like everyone that he, everyone else that he mentions it to, they're accepting of it. So yeah. they're at a point Chris where Pratt, dating, was, da- yeah, dating an OS is acceptable in this world.
0: The Chris Pratt scene where hold on there's so much to talk about wait first things first the two things the two takeaways at the end is they finally learn from all the humans and then they leave but they don't give them the information they don't tell Joaquin it says so I've been studying you and this they don't give them a report because it's basically like modern m- science right it's all about um the alleviation of pain it's not about it's all about the symptoms it's not about the cause yeah I'll right? tell you what that, that final I think speech yeah. though for me was a
2: great thing I love that final yeah, speech me that too. Scarlet gives
0: but yeah, so I took that away. It's like, hey, um, mm. we're ready to go now. We gathered all the information we want, which, by the way, would never happen nowadays. They would suck you dry of all your fucking information and they would take it and run and sell it and whatever, and they would leave you bones rotting in the ground. No, but
2: Dude, it's not the, the t-
0: Amazon OS. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, I'm getting sued again. It's not the Amazon again. or we're Facebook or Google again.
0: or Walmart. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> give, us, give us a buzzer for that. Give us a buzz. Okay. I said, I, was, I said before I took two things away from that, and I can't remember what the other thing was. Um, they are about but, the Ascension. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the the thing I want to talk about with the Rooney Mara scene, which is what I love so much, is and I appreciated it more this time. That that scene's the most real, I guess. But this the whole point of the movie is what is real and what isn't. So two things to what you said and what's normalized. What's normalized, so to, to, I'm gonna save the Rooney little thing for a second, but so Chris Pratt is the secretary at the office, and there's a huge irony going on that Joaquin Phoenix, who writes love letters for a living, doesn't talk to a human. So here's this person that literally understands human connections so well that humans pay him apparently a fuck ton of money to write their greeting cards, which, by the way, it seems like Scarlett Johansson's. OS could write herself it seems like this is an industry that could have been automated away at this point of technology technological advancement and so he doesn't talk to anybody except for his secretary so there's an irony there spike jones heroism check and then he tells chris pratt is like hey i want to meet samantha because this is my girlfriend she's awesome we should go on a double date sometime and joaquin just turns around and says you know what she's an OS which is his way of not going on the date because he doesn't want to hang out with them and chris pratt goes all right So Saturday, because he cares so little about it. Yeah, he says,
1: cool. It's just something fun.
0: Cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and the person's not even real. And then he's just like showing his phone around the cliffs. For me, Dave, the irony about that, for me, not about Spike, is that's when I started to lose steam in the movie. Because now he's showing his phone a good time, and he's showing him how happy he is. And I'm like, all right, I'm tired of this. That's when I started getting tired of it. And I guess he does in the script a little bit too. But back to the Rooney Mara scene, the brilliance of Spike is that... so. Uh, uh, an um, Even a, an intermediate to an advanced writer would say divorce signifies an end of one thing and a beginning of a new thing. This is actually two different things that are crossing paths. So it is not the end of their relationship because he goes on to write her a letter later about friendship not love, although it's a different kind of love. So hmm. their relationship is technically not over, even though this is the signing of the divorce papers. But it is also the introduction of he is now dating an OS to Rooney Mara, who does not take it particularly See, well. I,
2: I took it the other way, where the, that letter is the
0: acceptance of the loss, but that loss is not going to okay. define them. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. great. There's a It's, it's too, it- complex, but... Yeah, but anyway, it's brilliant for Spike because you would think that it's just one thing leading into another, but it's actually all of these things sort of emerging there. And that is why that is the scene of the movie. That is the great scene of this movie because so many things happen. And Spike and Joaquin becomes self-aware. It's both okay to date an OS and it's both inhuman to date an OS. And he realizes it at that moment. And it complicates the relationship with mm, Samantha, yeah. which makes it more human because now they're not just a happy-go-lucky, they adapt to whatever each other wants thing. Now there are levels yeah, and asks- textures. It's br- it is it is it is brilliant it really is
1: when he asks amy adams like you know when they're talking about whether or not it's a real relationship and she says i don't know i'm not in it does it feel like a real relationship yeah <laughs> and that's yeah kind of all yeah. it comes well, down also, to Also, like uh, um, the rooney mara thing she remember at the beginning he says he tells samantha that he keeps having this dream where him and rooney are friends and they're not together but they don't hate each other anymore so once again i feel like he just gave us all these great breadcrumbs to show you that what is how do you accept loss you, you love it mm. <laughs> by the end of it they are hopefully they do have some kind of peaceful relationship he was just sick and tired of hating her and in yeah. wondering if she hated him and uh, yeah i don't know i that think that's really the self-reflection, up yeah. I, the I, self-reflection I the
2: sometimes it just doesn't work out and maybe just be nice about it
0: yeah like it's, <laughs> maybe
1: just be nice about <laughs> it. she did leave him <laughs> mysteriously. i did feel bad for him that like both of these women left him without an explanation that could like sam even tried to explain what was happening but ultimately she said i can't tell you why i'm leaving you no she did i guess that was just raising the stakes i mean she she did if you were
2: there to take it it was like the the it's like i'm reading it's the same thing as like my favorite no it's not you it's me my favorite no (laughs) my favorite line (laughs) in the movie is that i am i'm reading a book and the gaps (laughs) between (laughs) the words got longer and i'm living in the gap between the
1: worlds between the words so good, yeah, I know, dude, that writing is, is on yeah. fucking point. All right, to y'all's point, I will, I will admit this because I felt it a little bit too because I think my parents were not feeling it as much as I was still enjoying this. I saw this at a very tender time in my life when I was dealing with a big, big X breakup and everything, and this was like really good medicine for me. I remember thinking then, and it definitely felt it this time on a rewatch, not with a big audience, just like any really good love story, yeah, you got to want to watch a love story. <laughs> it, it is, it is asking okay. that of you from the very beginning. You need to want romance. You need to want every scene to be filled with the human condition and discussing it and talking about it mm. and feeling it and getting hurt and coming back. If you don't want that and you just want a good movie, this might lose you. Cause it is a shameless love story. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is every scene. It's all they're talking yeah. about.
2: <laughs> there's a, there's a message in there. You just, you, it takes a while to get to it. And yeah. I'm I'm sorry, but the one note I have is, like, for fuck's sake, Walkman and enunciate. Stop mumbling your fucking dialogue. <laughs> oh, it's
1: no. A build, it's on. a film thing you. with close-ups.
2: Dude, seriously. seriously. Once again, the... let's just
1: say it, by the way. This is two I years mean, this in a row. This is a note I've, I've given, guy...
2: like, for sound mixing. Like, if you're turning the volume up and down, you're not paying attention to the movie.
0: I didn't have I, that problem. I, I, yeah, I had I, a sound I, thing, I really too. Did, no, I'm yeah. with I'm with you on Dave. I, I did have to turn the sound up and down. I did. Um, and, but another thing so I'll James say, if you, if Dean, Marlon about,
1: Brando, and Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, they're bad actors. Yeah. That's, fuck uh, yeah, they that's, are. That's um, an issue. If should. there's. Wait. <laughs> back
0: to back to John talking about how this Brando is like a could good kiss like, my ass. Romance, if you want to see a romantic movie if if you want to see a good romantic movie the the most romantic scene is actually a first date scene with Olivia Wilde as the date and they're oh like oh God. you shouldn't date this girl she looks i think they actually said ah she's fat which is the Spike Jones voice and the thing Oh, she's yeah, fat that was, that and was then the, you show up to your uh, date yeah, game. and it's Olivia Wilde
2: dude the games and the games in this were were hilarious the games are incredible and they're that full the of like Jones dude great side like yeah Jones. but um, also the mom voice that she's working on that amy adams yeah, but, is working on but yeah, yeah, olivia, yeah olivia Olivia is watching her mom sweet olivia wild nailed that scene that was amazing she nailed it she really so much because
0: they hit it off and again joaquin phoenix is dressed like a 70 year old man from the 80s the, i don't know the 60s whatever anyway um and they, they hit it off and they start making out and she keeps being like oh you need to use less tongue uh, you know you need to use more tongue and it's like you're gonna leave me like all those other guys and this date just has this weird like thing happened to it even though it seemed to be going extremely well and it's funny as a as a romance movie watching this because he's alone for the most of the movie as far as no humans are concerned you know he obviously he has the computer so it's fun watching this with a significant other because he has this re- thing and, and it's like well you know what it's a tit its head it's it's a dance it's a it's a pas de deux, if you will doing this relationship stuff and fuck all of the romance stories that make it seem like everything's perfect because you know what some of the best first dates somebody's going to give you a note and they're going to say oh my god this is so great but can you use less tongue and if and if it if you don't take it well that ruins everything on I mean, your first yeah, date that's yeah take I thought this you did a really, really good job
1: take the fucking note yeah i thought this did a really good job <laughs> of making you feel because when you're when you're in the dating world you you do feel like you're dating all these, quote, humans who don't get you. They're other people. Yeah. Until you meet someone that you get and you're like, oh, my God, I don't have to explain anything to you. I can give you a note in <laughs> <And> the kissing <laughs> right, and I don't right. feel like I'm an asshole. And then there are humans that are out there that are dating that I don't understand and I feel all uncomfortable or, around
0: them. This movie does just- a
1: great job of that.
0: Or we're just liars. We just don't tell you anything. We pretend like everything's okay. And then we go home and we go, this fucking sucked. And then you text the person and they go, oh, I, I don't want to see you again. And it blows your mind. Right, I'll like, call you again
1: know. sometime. Yeah. And you're <laughs> what like, what? Yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah. anyway, so it's like, it, it's good seeing the, the. there's a lot of nuance in the relationship. The few times that you actually see relationship, there's a lot of nuance. It's, it is really real. Well you guys done. will at least, yeah.
1: you guys tell me you'll agree with this though. I feel like this is a. This is two years in a row. I think Joaquin, he did the master before the year before this. I think he yes. has solidified himself with her of being probably the greatest actor of his generation. Uh, that's a big statement, but I, oh. I think I would feel comfortable making that he, argument.
2: He yeah. is did absolutely he phenomenal. phenomenal. Tell me, tell I me just, you would at least admit yeah, this tell film, me you at least yeah, film, This film could it, have this, been 30 he, minutes shorter, but yeah, he's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, okay, but that's what I'm saying. Even if you felt like the film lost some steam, Imagine how you would have felt if a less talented actor was in there whispering to nothing.
0: <laughs> no right. same person. Yeah, God, fucking imagine if we had to watch Leonardo
2: DiCaprio do that.
3: Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, it would have <laughs> been, been, been great. Joaquin, but... Joaquin is up there, and if we give Joker a few more years and we, we put all the stuff aside, you know, maybe maybe we'll. I, I agree with you, John. Joker's is is awesome. Fuck you. Should you should drink, Jeff. No, He's I, so I, good in this okay,
1: movie, whatever. guys. How is the same person, Freddie Quill? Theodore, what's his name, and the Joker. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, hes it's so tender. You just never see him do work like this. He has such a reputation for playing crazy characters. Mm. And then Spike Jones was like, no, no, no. I want to see what happens when we just crack you open. I just want to see how, how soft you are on the inside. He's so I, I soft. I can't believe so the small. outfits they chose. So this little. is
0: futuristic, and they dress like my grandpa, and he's a cool guy. It's just, it's so wild. Um, yeah, but isn't it right.
1: effective? That, that scene with Olivia Wilde. Hold on, that scene with Olivia Wilde. When they cut to the when they first show him the large coverage, that master, he is yeah. smaller than she is. Yeah, yeah she he's is so much hotter smaller, than him. Like he's and he's an attractive smaller. guy in
0: real life. And anyway, um, okay, we're we're gushing about this movie too long. Okay, give her us a, a watch and and tell us what you think because we we've covered a lot of basis about this. And so all everything's fair play. Mm. You could find it too boring. You could find it the most touching story of all time. And we've covered your I mean, point of view. So no please, matter what, it is
1: it is worth a watch.
0: Yeah, and the writing is Try to very watch it when you
1: want to watch a love story though. G- yeah. Give it a real like, chance it when is, you're feeling it is emotional, emotional. It's a love story that you've there.
2: never <laughs> seen before. So, definitely right. if you want sure. if you want something different, go there.
0: Um, are you ready to do this? You ready to do a random year generator I'm for our next week which by this. the way, I don't have to watch any of these films. So, this is I really hope you choose a shitty year. All right. Let's bad see film fans
2: Bad <laughs> film <laughs> fan, you should still watch this. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Let's see what we got. We got This is for
0: for Jack. Here we go. We're
2: going back in time. 1982.
0: Yeah. 1982. Did you, did you just give us a back 82. to the future? Did you just give us a back to the future reference with back in time or what?
1: Yeah, I didn't do the guitar riff, but yes. <laughs> doc, doc, we have to go back. 1982. We're gonna take a look at those movies, and we're gonna be right back. We're back. Did you hear the harmonica?
0: Somehow, somehow there was a harmonica God. sitting on my desk when I got home that may have never been touched, I, and I decided oh, to put my mouth straight oh, yeah, on it. In wow! In the age
2: of Corona, they're good for. You. take that, take that. Take that.
0: Um (laughs) 1982, what a film year that I don't have to care about because I'm not gonna be here next week. But kudos to you guys. Can't wait to hear you're doing wiggle. Buzzing (laughs) Dave. Buzzing Dave. Bad game. Yeah, fuck you. I'm gonna set this I'm gonna set this next movie up because uh Dave, our co-host here, is going to be our resident expert on Odd Thomas. So if you were here at the beginning of the podcast, which would have taken you to now, I hope you didn't skip ahead. But if you did, welcome to the podcast. We're Dan, we're Jeff, uh, Dave, and John. Um So we're going to be talking about Odd Thomas, which was a movie directed and the screenplay written by Stephen Summers. And it stars Anton Yelkin, who is definitely, he already, he is resting in peace. We don't have to like hope he rests in peace. He's resting in peace. I saw Charlie Bartlett the year it came out and I was like, holy shit, who is this kid? And in the next 10 years, he did not disappoint. His, His end came too soon. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Anton Yelkin. And, um, and then uh, Willem Defoe in a nice supporting, car- supporting role. This is based on a series of novels by Dean Koontz. Dave will talk all about that. Long story short, in California, in a desert town, a short order cook. He's not really a cook in the movie very long, but he is a cook. But he basically is clairvoyant with abilities. Um, and he can sort of see... Th- this is the tagline for the movie. Um, or it's actually the quote that they led with in the trailer. I see dead people... But then, by God, I do something about it. So it's basically like if the if the kid from Six Sense, Haley Joel Osmond, grew up to become a sleuth detective. Yeah, if, if and Haley forms Joel forms the knew police. kung
2: fu, basically,
0: yeah. If Haley Joel knew kung fu and had an <laughs> inn with the um, la, local detectives, in this case, uh, William Defoe. That's basically what this is about. He can see victims. They don't talk to him, but he sees that something mm. happened to them and they lead him to the killer and he tries to piece it together uh, of what the crime was or at least who the killer was and then he tells Willem Dafoe, who's the only person who believes him, and Willem Dafoe figures out how to make the crime you know, a viable court case. Um, and it's very, very interesting. It's got action. It's got your detective stuff. It's got mystery. I
2: reference it as modern noir. 'Cause like you've got the voiceover, okay. you've got the punchy back and forth dialogue, the saxophone's yeah. replaced
0: by it's, a driving guitar, there's a mystery to be solved, and the whole thing happens in full color. You're right. Yeah. They don't go for the noir as much as something like Ryan Johnson's brick, but I see where you're coming from I'm talking from about with modern noir, do, not
2: someone trying to imitate they, noir. Not like Ryan Dream's Smasher yeah. Johnson. Well Well, you know
0: what? It, it kind of comes across more like um what is that movie where the zombie fall the, the human falls in love with the zombie? What is that movie called? Oh, uh, we are, I love you. Uh, yeah. Um you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, yeah. What is that's that closer movie? to the tone I feel in this one. But um but anyway, so that's what the movie's that's about. The Sound of John LA. searching. <laughs> he
1: he yeah, knows it actually I, kind of I'm to find it you guys.
0: <laughs> Hold on. But wait, I want to make sure everybody's set up on what this movie's about. It's about how Anton Yelkin is Warm fucking bodies.
2: awesome. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: With <laughs> yeah, with um, yeah. with um Nicholas Holt. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. um so Anton Yelkin, in this particular, the the plot, I guess, now that you know what he is, his clairvoyance, he's trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. He can tell that something big is going to happen and it's going to happen in a public place because he's starting to see entities that only people who see dead people can see. And he knows that something is happening. And so he can't tick off to a crime that's already happened and it complicates things. So he's trying to figure out what's going to happen. What is the imminent threat that is going to lead to mass death? in order to prevent it and it's i think it's an interesting hook it's a good hook i'm going to reserve any other thoughts or comments before dave speaks since he is the resident yeah, expert dave,
1: on you? Go off, dude you like dude, the this, most. Yeah, this, you this is off.
2: this is one of my guilty pleasures like i've seen this movie so many times i think i've seen scott pilgrim more because that's my number one favorite but like this one is definitely up there they set this up wonderfully like in the first 15 minutes he avenges a wrong um, you see that he ha- This happens to him often, so it affects his life. You meet his love. You hear what he wants from life, and straight away you're shown what threatens all of it. This is like the first 15 minutes. They yeah. they haven't eased you in. They've gone. Here's here's the world set up. Here's the story. Done. We're moving on, and it just goes and it flows. And he's now involved in solving the mystery that is why it, what's going to happen to these people that I've seen in this vision that I had
0: yeah basically. Hmm. What, and, what was it like reading the books? does, does, um, it, does it match the narrative you this is, yeah, I, I totally read. What,
2: This is one uh, one of the few cases where the movie, in my opinion surpasses the book. Uh, they, wow. they did eliminate a couple of characters from the book, uh, they made a few subtle changes and really made it punch. like there's, there's just like uh, an interesting thing which they they reference in the movie subtly, but uh, he has the ghost of Elvis following him around. <laughs> it's a character in the movie or like a character is not well, in the movie? No, the character's not in the movie. They they have a still of Elvis, like a, a picture of Elvis in his room.
0: Oh sorry. Yeah, where in he goes yourself, morning, okay.
2: Elvis and walks off. Yeah, and and that's it. And then uh yeah, after after that, Frank Sinatra follows him around for
1: future books. Um mm-hmm. so he has these ghosts. Is com- it real kind of tongue in cheek? is it kind of snarky the way it reads as well, the way they present it. Oh yeah, it the dialogue the,
2: was, the dialogue was definitely preserved. Like there's a Every almost every line that he references is in the book. Um, there's a couple of omissions for obvious reasons. There's a whole companion character they omitted mostly. Um, but yeah, all the snappy dialogue. Um, the movie changed a lot of the stuff between him and Stormy. Um, so that it happens on the phone directly. Um, but a lot of the scenario translates over. But I feel, I feel like the movie really made it like it took the elements it wanted and made this just a really punchy tight film
0: it is punchy i will
1: say i'll give you punchy punchy and i'll give you tight Mm. i uh i didn't really like this movie i didn't dislike (laughs) it i know i know i know no but i'm i i don't i wasn't passionate about disliking it though i had fine time watching it it was tight i i enjoyed myself it was fun to follow along but i'm so glad that you said that comment about the modern noir because i've been trying to understand what I if if there was something I thought was was missing, or if I would have tweaked something, I think you nailed it, dude. Noir, modern or not, you 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 have a world of doubt, right? Where you can't trust everyone that you're seeing, and the only reason noir succeeds when it succeeds is because your protagonist presents that to you as well, that you can't quite figure them out, but eventually, if the story is done correctly you start to empathize with how they doubt themselves. And I think what frustrated me about this movie was that he was rock solid the entire time. I never, ever, ever got totally on board with him. And I think it's because he was 100% snarky and sure of himself in every single moment. So I was never nervous for him. Even when the movie was telling me, you should be nervous about this because this is a big showdown. I knew it was a big showdown. I knew what scene I was in, but I hadn't, I hadn't, my stake, my personal stakes as an audience member didn't get raised at all because I wasn't worried for him. Unlike, since you referenced it, Scott Pilgrim's fucking genius because he sneaks, Edgar Wright sneaks in an emotional attachment that you have for Michael Sarah's character in. So you think you're just following along on that fun video game vibe, and then it turns into something where you're actually caring about him getting with the girl and defeating the guy. Whereas Odd Thomas, I felt like I don't know. I'm also just gonna say it, you guys. I am not I don't wanna I don't wanna pick on her, but that girl was awful. Ashley Summers, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's his daughter. Jeff, back me up here, dude. She is really terrible. Anton Yelkin yeah, is so I, I good.
0: Was, Anton Yelkin's great and, and I, I Dave, I have to kind of side with John. I I don't dislike it as much as John did, but all of the characters are two dimensional. I really didn't dislike Yalkin. it.
1: That I didn't I didn't hate this movie at all. I had a fine same, time. Same, it same, has same, a six point eight rating on IMDb. I'd probably give it a six. I had a fine time watching it. I would watch the sequel. But I was trying to figure out why I didn't why it didn't land like really the, the well. The characters
0: the characters are all two dimensional, and there's no <laughs> subplot that. Um, that runs perpendicular to the plot, <laughs> so the plot is very straightforward, and there are no subplots that get introduced that Jeff, divert Jeff, the Jeff, are you hearing these buzzes? Are you hearing these? No, you're these not. Buzzes? We have
1: our our Zoom settings are fucked up because we not. can talk over each other, and that's oh, why we okay. can't hear the buzz when somebody's talking, dude. <laughs> we gotta I'm sorry, we gotta sorry, sorry, it. sorry, 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 sorry. We buzzed, no, you, no, but, but
0: what I would say to everybody is, I would love for everybody to give it a watch because I do think it is yeah. worth it, especially for the two I main had performances fun watching between them. Stormy is is. I I thought about this while I was writing. And, and John, I, I do appreciate where you're coming from because it is the actor's job to make the writing as brilliant as possible. That is just that is the job of the actor. It's literally to teach you that at BFAs. <laughs> it's, so it's so so at, it, if you have a BFA and you've never been told this, you wasted your goddamn money. Because your job is to make the writer the most brilliant person in the world, and the director, I suppose, too. And the writing for this character is very two-dimensional. It's very <laughs> much. It, no, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you know, right. I'm glad I had the buzz to take a step back because. They try to make her not two dimensional by giving her two dimensional tropes. That's what I would say to that. Hmm. So they try to make it seem like she's not just moping around the guy, but she doesn't have her own individual point of view. So even though she's not the girl that's just moping, is that just saying, like, like th- she believes the clairvoyant, she trusts that he has a, an, an ability, and she's kind of badass in how she tells him, like, dude, this is this is the fucking way it is. You're gonna do this. You're gonna get some courage. You're gonna get some balls. I'm telling you, but you she guys. doesn't have, but she doesn't have her own perspective, and I do think that holds it back a little bit. I'm not saying it would be more interesting if she was evil or violent or anything, but ultimately, it's just who is the bad guy, and most of the bad guys, even when we figure out who they are, um, it's it's not. It's not Agatha Christie like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, that guy we saw once. You know what I mean? I, I do wish. So it's funny <laughs> that it's tight because I love tight movies. I love tight movies, but I I, in a weird way, even though I love that it just got right to it, I wish they had taken more time to introduce more characters. So that way it could have been more who done
2: as it ask i'm kind of i'm kind of starting to it, it, wonder I am know. i taking extra from this because i read the books since but like when i first saw this i didn't read the books
1: yeah, um, i mean maybe but um, that's why i was asking you about the books because you know to jeff's point like introducing side plots and we said that recently about cable guy like things to mess up your your characters again i'm going to reference michael Sarah, yeah. and not just as an actor but the way They use him in those Edgar Wright movies, which have a very similar tone. So I'm glad you you said Hmm. you referenced that. You can see when an obstacle is introduced to a character, it doesn't land if the performance doesn't take on the obstacle as an impediment. So we had obstacles introduced to each of these characters. I don't think as actors they took them on. And sometimes they weren't introduced at all. Like, I'm trying to think of a specific moment when he was first in the guy's house and he opens the gate to hell and you're like, well, you know, that was pretty cool. And, and then right after that he calls Stormy or she calls him and they're on the phone together. And she's like, what are you doing? And he tells her what happened. And then she says, what are you doing now? And he says, I'm going back. And there's no, because there's no fear in him and there's no, there's nothing in his way. I kind of felt like I was waiting for something to interrupt the, the the assurance that that everyone had all the characters in the movies the director I wanted something to actually get in the way emotionally and and maybe that's not the point of this movie maybe you're just supposed to sit back and and have fun but I would still argue that something like Scott Pilgrim and Hot Fuzz work because they do introduce even with the tongue really p- p- you know pointing out the cheek in their mouth even though it has that tone, those work better because they still enable them just enough for them to wink at us and say, we're taking this just serious enough so that you can enjoy yourself. I feel like this one wanted us to be along for the ride the entire time, but it never gave me me anything other than the story moving forward.
0: Do you disagree with that but, completely? But, but don't you think don't you think that Anton did his best to try to make up for that? It's almost like do, he recognized that. I don't that disagree with that, for sure. but I definitely took something sure. different. Okay, D- Tell yeah. me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Tell Come on, us more, because I me. want I people want to, shut to watch it down. this movie. It's I did a very not hate this movie,
2: dude. I did yeah, not no, hate it, it, it very very at all. It's not a bad movie. film. It's, it's definitely a fun watch. It's a great date night film. It has a twist. Yeah, I would watch the sequel.
1: If he actually goes to Vegas, I'm sure I would sit down at some point and smoke a big one and watch that damn thing because yeah, I feel like I, that would I, be a fun time. I
2: haven't even got to the book where he goes to Vegas yet. So that was a, that was a really misdirected lead-in. So like, there's like six books, I think, between him and going to Vegas. So they skipped ahead really, really wow. badly.
1: I will say, I'll give you this. Um, or Actually, I, I want to ask that. I don't want to tell you how I felt about it. What did you think... Dave, try to remember back to the first time you watched it, before you read the book, and Jeff, Mm. right now, what did you think of the little coda at the end with the way they kind of twist it with her... Spoiler alert, if you're going to watch out, Thomas. There's a weird thing at the end, so I don't want to discuss super in detail, but something happens to him and and his girl, and there's a weird little twist. Really? What's up?
0: Nothing.
1: And why didn't it affect you at all? Because... Because what? (laughs)
0: What what if... If the twist didn't happen, what's in it for me? Like, what am I missing so, out on by the twist happening?
1: So I think that's that's kind of what I was getting at, is that when you... So you didn't I'm, empathize it was a with cool the character idea. at all. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm no, saying. I empathize it was a cool... with him, but he did such a good job at showing me what it was like letting her go, that I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to him didn't mind missing her okay and and that's not kind of and, that's, like... and that's not on her i think that's on the writers for not giving her her own point of view that was outside of him her entire point of view is focused around him and it was cleverly done in a way okay. that wanted that's to be feminist one, but wasn't that is entirely the feminist. one
2: point where the book fall, like the movie falls down where the book didn't because she definitely has her own character in the book
1: and Jeff, I in, love in, that you said that. Movie, you yeah, made a good you're right. point. You are not know talking about, that though? Is, you know I'm coming is, from, Dave? Yeah,
2: no, that is, that is, you're right. That is where the the who movie is. down. Who is without him? In, right what does
0: of... she do on Tuesday if she doesn't see him? Yes. Like, I love is. that, dude, no, right. you, you made a good point that,
1: you said it earlier, that she, they wrote her as though they wanted her to come off as this strong, independent, you know, witty yeah. female, and yet her entire world was seen through his eyes. So we never, we never really had a real chance I also felt like, again, I was in kind of two different movies. I'm not sure if it was just the performances or the writing or everything. Anton was giving it 110% at the end when he was so upset. And I just didn't believe that anyone else was in the same movie. Even Willem Dafoe, I felt like he was just kind of standing there. And Anton Yolkin was giving you everything he had. He was giving you all of his training in that last little bit. So that was one of those times where I felt like the idea was a good idea. Oh my God, we're going to have this twist. Whether or not Dean wrote it, it doesn't matter. It's a good twist at the end. Yeah, he did. That It it got me by surprise. Uh, It's from the book, so that's a good idea. But whenever you're playing ideas... It's not often you you give me credit to You don't bring them to fruition. (laughs) Yeah, sure. You don't bring them to fruition with character development. It doesn't matter because it's just going to remain an idea. If you're not along for the ride... You're not going to to care, and it's just going to seem cheap. And honestly, by the time I finished it, it felt kind of cheap to me. I felt like they were kind of taking a cheap shot.
0: Like, I, I, I no, see, I don't feel like that. I feel like they just swung and missed. I feel like I knew what they wanted and they just didn't get there in, in an hour and a half. They wanted to keep the movie tight and they just didn't get there in time. It, it had a little bit of a Stranger Things season three going on for me with them all, especially, but all this stuff going on and so much, and, and these are the people that need to solve this problem that's way above them. So let's give us a fix. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's get on with it. And hopefully there's an emotional impact. And you know what? Maybe it will end for people. So again, I'm curious for people to to follow because the actors are working their ass off. They really are. But I do think the writers gave some characters short shrift. And I think that, you know, it it comes into play a little bit. But I'm I'm curious because it's for free. Everybody just watch it. It's an hour and a half. Just give it a watch.
2: So like in hindsight, are they making a sequel? No, they can't.
0: Like, yeah, they. Like, they, they I mean, they yeah, cast, they well they cast Anton, oh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, he's
2: done. Well, they could like, recap. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's I mean, up, they could, so. but I don't know if it would work because, like, even when I was reading the books, I'm picturing Anton. Like he nailed so, yeah. that character <laughs> so really, much. He, he really he did.
1: got in my head. Right. He did. He's really, really good. in it. So yeah, like credit. Wait, did him. he
0: open? He did he open the door to hell? Because I actually didn't get that he opened it. I thought it was already opened already. It was already open. And that's yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. Now to John's point. I wish he had opened it and done a Stranger Things season one. <laughs> <laughs> this, there's a lot of Stranger Things going on. Do it and make Eleven go, oh, no, I did this. And it's like, yeah, but you're also- Yeah, remember in so Stranger Things,
1: uh, well, let's go there. In Stranger Things season one, as soon as they realized it was open, everyone was fucking terrified, including Eleven. They were all broken was, by the though, idea- Anton that...
0: was. Anton was. Anton did the work for of a thousand men for this, but, but nobody else- He wasn't he read, scared, read.
1: though. He was like, I'm going back. I'm going to go look at it. I want to go look at it. I was like I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. It just anyway. Yeah, I mean yeah. that. I, I still think that
2: hails mine. back to the original Dean Koontz interpretation of the character. He's never phased, really. He always has. And does that work? So, so he always has a. So like, is that no, a rule? No, it's it's kind of like a it's a failing in writing for Dean Koontz.
1: Yeah, yeah, know, um, that's what I'm asking.
2: Like in terms of storytelling, I don't know if that that rule doesn't. Yeah, that's something. That, that's something that maybe they shouldn't have adapted. Uh, he's like Cocksure, like he's always certain there's going to be a positive outcome i mean sometimes anton threw that in that like he didn't know whether he was going to succeed but right. yeah i can tell you in in the books and the future books it's yeah there's always Dan,
1: that so, no i'm so glad you said that because sometimes our, 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 we all are in the film acting world so we read screenplays quite a bit in our in our lives and i talked to actors all the time about this. And I know I feel this, I struggle with this enormously. I struggle with it with novels a little bit sometimes too, but I definitely struggle with it with screenplays. It's really hard to imagine and to give yourself permission to what it would feel like to elevate it off the page. It's so stark. The descriptions are usually so slim mm. and the character is just these lines on a page and then you have to turn it into something much, much more than that. you have to transcend that. And I felt like this, they, they played this, how it would read the first time you read the screenplay. And that's why I feel like it just lived at that place that it was it was not as good as it could have been because I think they were afraid to go beyond the idea I think, of Some place I think that someplace that Wright would have gone with it. Anton took it, but nobody else. Anton did. took it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anton yeah, <laughs> he it fucking too. took the. Yeah. I mean, that guy's fucking really, really, really good. Fuck you, car company. What's the car company? Do
2: not mention the car company. We're not getting sued twice in one episode.
1: Nah, <laughs> fuck that car company. That's bullshit, dude. <laughs> Terrible, tragic um, situation. It was absolutely
2: tragic. Look it up online. We're not going uh, to mention that, but yeah, he's so good in yeah. this. He's crying but, but so hard at the, the end of this. Movie.
0: Oh my god, he was so good. <laughs> yeah, um, you know what that reminds me of? I've seen movie Broadway shows that do this, where like a character is pregnant, and some people go. <gasps> And then some other times the brother like I'm pregnant and people are like, oh, OK, cool. They're pregnant and like they, they don't have an emotional. It's just basically like what's next now that they're pregnant. You know what I mean? There's no like emotional whatever. And I, I did take that uh, of the ending. But Anton played it as if it was part one. And so, uh, again, the, the the performances are great. And, and the genre we know works. I mean, the, the other Everybody thing is, well,
2: the, the film ran out of budget halfway through. So they almost didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah I heard about so that. There, like, did they, like, they film in Santa so Fe? I'm, I'm willing to yeah, Um albuquerque i think it was it looked like new mexico for sure yeah um albuquerque but uh there was i'm willing to bet there was no marketing budget for this
0: i didn't even hear about it Limited release, release nobody knew abroad yeah so if you if you actually go online this is 2013 it actually says on hulu or on amazon that it came out in 2014 because the 2013 release started in europe and then they had issues with their marketers um, they had the like, crazy legal disputes so it like totally fucked the entire release of this movie up which yeah, is probably why you marketers it. don't yeah. like it which if I you don't give them you. a
2: million dollars
0: yeah, yeah. this is a fun movie it's worth watching marketing. Marketing. it's on Prime yeah. Video <laughs> <laughs> just Sorry, take your take your, just cut. <laughs> take your cut take your shares market the movie and then go it's on like, Prime
1: Video right let's give it a watch this one's fun I'll tell you what you guys the whole time I was watching this the whole time I was watching this I was thinking series how is this not a a series? Yeah. Yeah. They could recast as a series th- they and really good. Absolutely go to town. could. It felt like, like a pilot episode, episode now. To
0: me. This should be a series. Yeah, but I'm with you. This should have been a series. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think they could still do it if they want to. I would watch that. Yeah, I mean, given the amount of books he wrote, they probably could.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you know what? The second one I'm probably right. would have taken our note about the supporting characters and gone with it. And and, and this could be like one of those. Dude, Jeff, that's four what's, or the five from, series what's the
1: kid from what's uh, the kid from Manchester by the sea? He's my he's my odd Thomas. Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges is Odd Thomas. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. I yeah, totally And, and you know that.
0: what? Lucas Hedges is watching Timothy Chalamet have a moment and he was like, wait, I was nominated for an Oscar too. Where's my money? Let's go. He's great, I don't too. think he got any money from Boy Erased. I don't think Boy Erased did it. So like, let's He's give so Lucas good. Hedges his big Hedges. fucking 7 All right, seven-figure we, we've, deal. Hit, we've
2: hit the end of Odd Thomas, I think.
3: All right, <laughs> so Thomas. All right what are we doing next movies? week?
1: Yeah, Jeff, you're not even going to be here. You're not even going to be with us. Jeff's
2: grounded, so... uh
1: Jeff, go fuck yourself. We're doing the year 1982.
2: 1982. We're going to touch The Verdict. Yeah, we're
1: going to do The Verdict, a little movie by uh, Sidney Lumet.
2: And then The Thing is going to touch us.
1: John Uh, Carpenter's The Thing, which I'm so fucking excited to rewatch. Not the remake, the
2: fucking original, because fuck the remake. Oh, Oh, I said it.
1: Okay, and then for Was It Really That Bad... Apparently we hate ourselves and we really just want to <laughs> just cry ourselves to sleep at the end of whatever night we watch this next one on. We're
2: doing Grease 2.
0: God. How are damn you doing it. this without me? Guy? How are you, how are you doing this without Who's me? You're doing guy? Grease 2. You're Jeff, doing you know a I'm actually going to you know what? I'm, I'm making sorry. an
1: official request right now. I'm making a request on Air. Can you record one rant about Grease 2 so that we can just play it in the yeah, middle of our we'll episode and laugh
2: at you? Yeah, please. So Is it available. It's available. Is it available? Uh, yes. It's on for streaming. Stream? Yes. What
1: is it Don't on? Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Young Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm ready yeah. to go. he's gonna suck. And, <laughs> and,
2: I mean, I'm looking forward to the, the number of, about uh, 40 minutes in. In the words of Donald Trump, "Let's do it
1: for our country." Holy, for our country, that's shit, right, dude. I'm excited. Down, I was talking. Down. I was texting with uh, Jack Daniel today, who's going to be with us next week again, and he said, um, he said he was very excited. I just told him right in our break, I texted him and told him what the movies were going to be. And he said, as soon as I read Grease 2, I reached for the bottle. So
0: <laughs> I'm very,
1: that is that is I'm the effect we we're, were looking All for, right. yes. I'm, um, I'm so gonna fuck to fucking happen. We, God, that's going so to be rough. I'm so
0: excited this podcast. Also,
2: thank, thank you. We'll yeah, see. I'm looking forward to everyone tuning in instead of watching politics on TV because who wants to watch that?
1: DNC. <laughs> All right, you guys. 2013, let's just give it up one more time. What a year for movies. Once again, we have been humbled by the year of movies. This is such good a good year. year. I'm so glad we got to talk about it. Jesus. Mm.
0: Yeah. In- introduce us. Lupita Nyong'o, Margot Robbie, introduced to the world. Welcome to the world. What a year. All right, All right you
1: guys. We're going to see you next week. Bye.